Earlier this summer, our colleague Eric Morath and his editors began planning a story about the comeback of the U.S. economy, which they thought was going to happen around Labor Day. We had just got that June jobs report that showed a million jobs added, and we thought, like, wow, the economy really seems like it's picking up steam here. A lot of businesses were like, yeah, Labor Day, that's when we're going to make changes. So we thought, man, we're just a couple months away from this thing really taking off. But in July, as Eric was reporting out this story, he was getting a different message. When I was talking to people, they are like, yeah, I'm kind of skeptical about this. I'm not comfortable kind of going on the record for this story yet. Why don't you give me a call back in two or three weeks? When Eric called those people back, they were no longer predicting a recovery. I went to my editors and I was like, yeah, that story's dead in the water. Instead, Eric's been doing stories about how that economic rebound is faltering. Plans for conferences, reopenings, concerts are all being delayed. Music acts like Garth Brooks, Florida Georgia Line, Nine Inch Nails, Stevie Nicks, they'd all had concerts planned. The new Top Gun movie was slated to come out this fall. And other releases and all those things were canceled or delayed, you know, most cases until 2022. Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Kate Leinbaugh. It's Thursday, September 9th. Coming up on the show, the dashed hopes of a quick economic recovery. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com journal. Terms and conditions apply. The economic data coming out this spring fueled hope that the U.S. economy was set for a swift rebound. Consumer confidence was high, People were spending money again, and jobs were coming back. And so that was a really positive moment for the economy, and that raised expectations that we could get very near a full recovery of the 22 million jobs we lost in March and April of 2020, perhaps by the end of this year. And so there was this burst of optimism. Absolutely, yeah. New York and California were two states that had significant restrictions on economic activity or limiting the number of people that could be in a dining room, for example. Those all fell off in June. Baseball stadiums were at full capacity. Theme parks were open. You know, we were ready for our exciting post-COVID summer. There was just a lot of optimism that this momentum that started to build early in the summer was going to grow into the fall because Americans had a lot of pent-up demand. People wanted to get out and be in the world again, and many of them had money to do it. We have savings. Those that were fortunate enough to keep their jobs through the pandemic didn't spend a lot of money on new clothes or traveling, go dining out. So they had money. And then we have all the stimulus sloshing around the economy. And people's savings rates have risen during the pandemic. And they seem poised and ready to spend this fall. But then 
The Delta variant is changing the game. That Delta variant surging, ICU beds dwindling in hard-hit areas across the South. With mounting concern over the highly contagious Delta variant, Los Angeles County now urging its 10 million residents to once again wear masks in indoor public spaces, vaccinated or not. The Delta variant is about twice as contagious as other COVID strains. And it's driven up infections and hospitalizations around the country and caused businesses to pause their reopening plans. So by early August, economists started doubting their rosy predictions for the fall. When I was asking them about their kind of, you know, near-term outlook, they said, I'm not nearly as optimistic as I was a month ago about telling you that we're going to continue to churn out 900,000 a million jobs a month. I'm starting to see some evidence that consumers are being a little bit more cautious and that businesses are just going to be a little bit more reluctant to add that next person. Not that they're going to cut and lay people off again like they did in the spring of 2020, but maybe I'm not quite as busy as I was. So I'm not going to hire that additional server. I'm not going to hire that next person at the cash register. So they're kind of tapping the brakes. Yeah, exactly. Sort of tapping the brakes. And how has this slowdown shown up in economic indicators? We certainly saw that in the most recent jobs report. We saw hiring slow to, you know, just around 250,000 jobs added last month from, you know, a million each the previous two months. And it was really important where that change happened. We saw restaurants adding hundreds of thousands of jobs a month, month after month, all this year. And in August, they cut 40,000 jobs. We saw construction sites cut jobs. We saw retailers cut jobs. Those are all jobs that have to be done in person. Those are, a lot of them are jobs that are contingent on other people having demand, other people expecting they're going to go back to the office and need childcare. And now we saw these childcare centers just a couple months ago. No one can find childcare workers. It's this huge crisis. And now suddenly centers are cutting a few thousand jobs in August. You know, that just shows how dramatic of a turn we had in this economy. How are you seeing that play out specifically? So I spoke to this guy named Greg Greeson. He owns a furniture store in Austin called Collective Home. And they had sort of everything thrown at them in the pandemic. But things kind of started to to stabilize. And he was seeing renewed demand. A lot of people have bought new homes or want to improve their homes. And they were buying furniture. And he was selling a lot of furniture online and selling furniture to folks there in Austin. But then last month, Greeson experienced an ominous moment that would signal a change in his fortunes. He said it was a Saturday and he had some customers in the store and things were looking pretty busy and then their phones started blaring. And I don't know if you've ever got like a a tornado warning or a flash flood warning on your phone. Well, he said in Austin it's set up where they could put out a COVID warning. And they put out a warning that said even vaccinated people should be wearing masks and limiting unnecessary shopping trips. And buying kind of high-end furniture is probably an unnecessary shopping trip. Right there, his customers were kind of like freaked out. And it started to become very clear to Greeson that the Delta variant was going to hurt his business's recovery. He said in the last two weeks, traffic has slowed down. He's seen people less willing to make these big investments in new furniture and less people visiting the store. So he doesn't know how long that'll last, but he knows for now it's cutting into his profit margins. He thought he saw the light at the end of the tunnel, and then it turned out to be a freight train coming at him in the form of the Delta variant. That freight train was headed for more than Greason's store in Austin. That's... After the break. 
This episode is brought to you by Workday. Get the whole band together with Workday and pair finance and HR on one platform for an epic performance. With Workday AI at the core, you'll make confident decisions faster than ever, and you'll drive flawless business and finance operations with an agile platform that constantly evolves to future-proof your organization. Be a finance and HR rockstar with Workday. Visit Workday.com to learn more. This episode is brought to you by C3 AI. C3 Generative AI enables rapid access to secure, traceable, hallucination-free insights from enterprise systems, all while using any LLM, helping enterprises turn the invisible into the obvious. Learn more at c3.ai. How broadly is the Delta variant hitting the overall economy? It's hitting... Every part of the economy, and it's hitting every state. And so we're going to see that ripple throughout the whole country. We thought the economy was going to find its new stride, its post-COVID, its post-stimulus stride, and that's just not happening this fall in the way economists thought, and many people, CEOs thought, economists thought, journalists thought, two months ago. A lot's changed. One of the first places to feel that economic change was Hawaii. The pandemic had decimated travel and tourism, dealing a heavy blow to the state's economy. But then, you know, come this summer, they saw sort of this great reopening. They saw a surge in bookings. They saw their occupancy rates returning to near pre-pandemic levels. People had money to spend. They were ready to go out. And Hawaii was a very attractive destination for them. And then this variant hit. And we saw in late August. Thank you uh, very much for joining us here this afternoon. Um, The governor of Hawaii say, please don't come. It uh, is not a good time uh, to travel to the islands. And, you know, that's pretty stunning because that's his economy, right? That's the governor of Michigan saying, please don't make more cars. Uh, You know, (laughs) as the governor of New York saying, Wall Street, we don't really need that. So when he said, delay your trips, because the Delta variant, because my hospitals are getting full and we can't treat people from everywhere else in the world that are coming to visit us. You know, that was sort of a shocking statement. And we've seen already, even in the two weeks since then, you know, a drop off in bookings. You know, now they're down about a third from their pre-pandemic levels and then got almost all the way back in mid-July. And when people push off going on vacations or even going to movies and concerts, it saps the economy of its lifeblood consumer spending. I'm a big Top Gun fan. I was, I'm actually looking forward to that movie coming out and uh, bummed that it's not. And, you know, think about that, right? So, you know, if I was going to go out with my wife and see Top Gun, then we're buying movie tickets, but then we're buying popcorn. We're probably going to dinner beforehand. We're paying a babysitter. We're paying for parking. We're putting gas in our car. You know, think about that. Now think about that times millions and millions of people times seeing five or 10 movies or concerts or football games this fall. And that's a lot of money for the economy. That's how the American economy moves. And so once you start taking those away, that dampens this expectation that we're going to grow at a rate that we haven't seen since World War II. But this moment Mm -hmm. that we are going into with the Delta variant sort of holding back the economy is not a return to March of 2020. We are not seeing a full economic shutdown. How are these two moments different? 
Yeah, the two moments are are very different. We still expect that the economy will grow at what is historically a pretty strong rate, and we expect that employers will continue to add jobs. In fact, I was speaking to the job search site Indeed, and they said, you know, they're seeing still pretty strong demand for jobs that can be done from home, software developers, finance jobs, and they're seeing plummeting demand for jobs that require you to be there in person, like working at a restaurant. And so... We're going to still see some job growth. We're still see you know pretty good economic growth coming out of a deep and brief recession, but it's just not going to be the level of growth that was anticipated even a couple of months ago. So it's a slow down, but not a return to a recession where millions of jobs would be lost and the economy would contract. But it sounds like, from what you're saying, the pain of the slowdown that's being caused by Delta will be felt at the sort of lower end of the economy. Absolutely. And uh, I spoke to this Indeed economist. He said it sort of feels like we're climbing up a spiral. A lot of this looks really familiar, even though we've made some progress. And what he means by that is that when you see an increased number of cases lead to additional restrictions and caution from consumers. That hits the people that work these jobs that tend to be $10 to $15, $16 an hour jobs at restaurants, as clerks at retailers, as working in a hotel, working in an airport. And those were the very people that just 18 months ago were the most likely to lose jobs. And we, in fact, know that a higher share of those folks are people of color. We know that a higher share of those folks are women. And so some of the very same people that were impacted by the coronavirus recession last year could be the ones that are impacted uh, first and most by a September slowdown this year. But there is a difference in that there is less government support. Right. Instead of being able to have your income nearly fully replaced or fully replaced by unemployment benefits, unemployment benefits will be less generous. And if you were a certain type of worker, like a gig worker or a self-employed worker, you might not be able to get onto benefits at all. And if you're a small business, there's no expectation that the government is ready to step in with a bailout or a loan to support your store or restaurant, right? The appetite for spending in Washington has cooled. The view in Washington is we're beyond the crisis, but if you slip through the cracks, then you might be in a deeper personal crisis yourself. Even if, you know, the large companies, the the Walmarts and Amazons continue to see growth and improvement, that doesn't mean the Main Street retailer will and doesn't mean the Main Street consumer will. So what's happening to Top Gun? So Top Gun has been put off now until the spring. It won't be coming out around Thanksgiving this year. So that it just shows that we're going to be in this prolonged recovery. That's all for today, Thursday, September 9th. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and The Wall Street Journal. Special thanks to Teo Francis for his reporting in this episode. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.